2: Welcome to Let's Get Civical.
1: This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden
2: Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. So grab your
1: bouillon And let's get civical. hello everyone hello everybody welcome back to let's get civical i'm lizzie stewart and i'm arden walentowski and funny story that i have up top and i've already texted you about this but in our last episode on roe v wade when i was editing the episode i realized (laughs) that i introduced the show Like, immediately upon saying hello, then we bantered for a bit. So then, of course, I forgot everything that we had talked about. And then I introduced the show again. And you just went along with it. Bless your heart.
2: Oh, my God. Because I probably, I mean, A, who am I to judge anything that you do? Because you carry the intro for the show always. And I (laughs) do zero work. So if you <laughs> want to introduce it twice, I'm not going to say anything. But also, I was pretty tired. And so I think I was just like, did we did we already do this? this? It's probably my that? brain thinking we already did this. And so whatever. Keep it going. It was great. Listen, it can't hurt to say your name twice. It can't hurt to say the right. name of the show twice. It can only help. Right.
1: I can't count... The amount of episodes that do not have a single introduction <laughs> as to what this show is. <laughs> oh, so I'm we've gotten so good at it but yes. now we're just doing it multiple times, multiple times, multiple times to reinforce. I mean, I did end up cutting the second one because I was like, this would be insane if I reintroduced the show. Like our listeners would truly be wondering if we were okay. <laughs> but yeah, just so everybody knows, there was two takes because I for, just forgot. I just, I just. It's as though what what has come out of my mouth, I have no memory. There's no track record Bye. Of it. Bye.
2: It's gone. Bye. Bye.
1: So, of course, um, just want to quickly say welcome back to Let's Get Civical.
2: I'm Lizzie Stewart. And, <laughs> Do you get and it? I, you did it. You did it again. And I was still juicy. <laughs> I was still going to roll with you on it. I saw it and on your face. You were myself. like, is she really doing this again?
1: <laughs> no, this was – that was just a joke. That was a joke. I already know oh, I introduced yeah. the show. Oh, but God. do you want to say your name since I got to say my name twice? Uh, sure. My name is
2: Arden Walentowski. She's long. She's Polish. She's Polish. Mm-hmm. She's Polish. and yeah. We don't talk about it enough. My my Polish identity. And in case you couldn't tell it by my name, if you saw pictures of me, you would see my very like pointed angular nose, which I feel like is like Eastern an Eastern European, European nose. thing. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. Look. You can you can know anything you need to know about a person by their nose.
2: It's true. Do you know you could probably tell if they played sports because their nose is probably like you know probably got hit in the face a couple times if they played sports. Sure. You know, there's some things you could tell.
1: And so with all of that, we have decided to treat ourselves to another episode in our New Deal series. Which, if you don't know, for the past oh golly, two years, maybe more, every now and then we do an episode that is dedicated purely to the New Deal because if you don't know, the New Deal was a big deal and there's a lot to unpack from it. So instead of trying to do like one huge in-depth New Deal episode, which would be approximately five
2: to six hours long. It would be our version of a Ken Burns documentary. Correct. And
1: neither of us are Ken,
2: <laughs> if you can believe it.
1: No, absolutely not. So yeah, so we're doing episodes along the way when we find or want to do uh, explorations on certain pieces of legislation, people, things yeah. pertaining to the New Deal and what got us back on track, et cetera. Et cetera. So today, this is your idea, Art, and I am mm-hmm. so excited about it. Today we're talking about the Gold Reserve Act of 1934.
2: Wind back, Wind back the clock. Wind back the clock. I really think you're gonna enjoy this one, cause it's controversial, but I basically love it. like how we got it's basically the story of how we got rid of the gold standard.
1: Yeah. Which was it a mistake? Do you think it was? I I, I don't think it was, because
2: first of all, I don't think it was but we, okay. but i don't know a world in which we've lived in the inverse or we still have the gold standard and honestly they were still like playing with the gold standard until like the 70s i think so it's not even like that sure. far back that some of these things got changed but yeah the gold reserve act of 1934 is just one piece of like kind of roosevelt's overall banking legislation that he did mm. there are other things that he passed in conjunction or that did various things that had more to do with the closing and reopening of the banks. He issued a bank holiday, all of these things, but this legislation was specifically designed to kind of, to, to deconnect the dollar from gold. Literal gold, literal like gold.
1: blocks of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Bars and bars of gold. I just want a bar of gold. I wonder how much a bar of gold is worth, you know what I mean? Like, can you visualize a bar of gold? A
2: bar of gold, like the bar of gold that you always see in the like the beef like in the movies. cartoons in the cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, I mean, back then, I mean, I feel like what did I read in this research? I think the, I think now maybe an ounce of gold is like fourteen hundred dollars. Like it's actually really expensive, mm. and uh, so like, and an ounce is pretty small. So, I feel right. like a block, like a bar of gold, would have to be like nearly a million dollars. That's my <sighs> rough estimate based on my very shitty memory right now. You and know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something insane. You're going to use something I'm going to Google, Google machine. how much is a block of gold. Oh, oh my God. If I'm
1: within range, I think I earn a block of gold. In 2020, The price of a bar ranged from $620,000 to $640,000. Okay. But that's a rough estimate. Okay. So you're not far... I mean, you know. Yeah. To say a million is not far off. I'm sure it fluctuates. Yeah. This is a 2020. God knows what it's worth now. Oh, my God. I want it. I want a single bar of gold next to my single cannon.
2: (laughs) In my home. <laughs> that oh I mean, will never have. You should then just invite people over for tours. My canon?
1: For tours. I, it's a museum. I want bar. to live in a museum.
2: Oh that's it. That's it.
1: But anywho, let's get into the gold. Because yes. I love gold. Mm-hmm. But before we do, do you want to talk about today's sarsis?
2: Yes. Today's sarsis are livingnewdeal.com, which a, is a great website love. that's like all New Deal things related. Very digestible pieces of information. Some things coming from Federal Reserve History, the official history website for the Federal Reserve, the government website. Of course, history.com. Can't go anywhere without her. Obviously. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And a, an article in Forbes that is 10 years old. And so I used a lot of the, like, he was talking, it's a 10 year old article, I think, mainly talking about like the crash from. 2009. Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah. But comparing some things that they did to what FDR had done in the New Deal. So I took that part. So, old article, but use the parts that are still relevant for our discussion. It's an article in Forbes by Richard M. Salzman.
1: Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Yeah.
2: Well, golly, let's just start off at the very
1: beginning. If you've never heard of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, just I don't blame
2: you. Deep dive like you're on. Who's the duck who dives into the gold? S- Who's the, the Oh,
1: duck? oh, oh. Scrooge McDuck? Is it Scrooge McDuck?
2: Yeah. Is
1: it Scrooge The McDuck? rich one?
2: The rich yeah. one who has like his vault of gold and he yes. dives into the coins. Scrooge
1: McDuck. We are all yes. Scrooge McDuck today. So let's talk about what the Act did. What is it? What did it? What did it do? on a very high level, in a very high level way. So this uh, information is coming from LivingNewDeal.com. The Gold Reserve Act of 1934 was signed by President Roosevelt on January 30th. You guessed it, 1934. And the purpose of the law was quote to protect the currency system of the United States to provide for the better use of the monetary gold stock of the United States and for other purposes. It ended the free use of gold as money domestically and effectively devalued the dollar internationally. So it used to be that when you used currency like the dollar that there was truly that amount of gold behind it that you had that right and he was like actually no actually we're gonna take gold out of the equation we're just gonna say this piece of paper means what it means we all agree what a dollar means we agree with ten dollar means and that's how you can exchange goods and services isn't that insane that the whole it's value of
2: currency is based upon our just societal agreement right that like me and the somebody living in nebraska both agree that when mm-hmm. we exchange a dollar it's the same value my dollar does mm-hmm. not mean more my piece of paper is not more or less than your piece of paper it's right. crazy it's crazy
1: really crazy because when you think about like the tangible and now i'm getting into like mountain man conspiracy like when you think about your (laughs) your tangible assets that you have yeah wealth is no longer truly that tangible it's all in the clouds you know other than i think property Mm -hmm. but even to purchase property it's done through cloud-based exchanges primarily you know like when i look at my my what's in my bank and the money that's in my bank, it's just it's just because the bank is telling me that's how much I have,
2: right? You know, I, it's not like it's I've deposited wild. that mu- that much in coins or bills or no, you know, anything of value. It's been transferred to me by some other bank account that my employer who I'm, whomever uses and their money goes to my bank account and then I transfer it to my. Credit cards and my rent thing and my whatever. No, it's nuts. There's yeah. no, I, that's why I can't imagine having the society that we have if we still had a gold standard.
1: Because, well, I don't think we could have the society that we have. No. If we had a
2: gold standard. Because you have to then, I feel like we would just, there would just be a full industry of people digging up more gold and like, I, I don't, because it would, I, I don't know. Or people would just be so poor. Do you know what I mean? Like there would mm-hmm. be. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, I think it would be. There would definitely be way more poverty, and also, I think. I think that it would go beyond gold. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we would because gold is only, it's 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 not uh, an easily created resource. You can't just conjure up gold. So then, I bet we would look to other things. Like okay. We could exchange oil for goods. We could exchange, like, other things that we as society deem valuable, but they're tangible things. Right. Could see a world. I could have seen a world. Mm -hmm. No, no. FDR said, piece of paper, this means this. Everybody agree? Let's go.
2: Everybody agree? No gold. No. No gold. So kind of as we've hinted at, there's a reason why FDR has signed that – why he signed this piece of legislation, why Congress passed this piece of legislation – and it goes back even before the Great Depression. So in the 19th century, Britain, who was the leading economic and political power of the age, adopted a gold standard, which we then adopted, and many other countries followed suit. This meant that national currencies were valued in relation to gold and that coins and paper money could all, could officially be redeemed for an equivalent amount of gold. So like Lizzie has said and hinted at, you have your dollar. And it's kind of like um, like if you look up like what is the dollar to euro equivalent, basically, it's that same thing. Mm-hmm. Like what is the dollar to gold equivalent? And whatever gold was, like you could assure that the person you were paying that there was money behind this paper bill. Just trust right. me, it's in the, tr- my gold is in the vault, please. Just trust me. I would like to buy the yeah. eggs and the milk. Here's my dollar bill. Like that's basically what we're doing. The history of the gold standard in America and the nation's monetary system is very complex. A true gold standard only existed in the U.S. between 1879 and 1933. So we had a run at it 60 plus years. Yeah. Where we tried it.
1: short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. It,
2: It really is. At other times, the nation has relied on a mixture of gold and silver coins, just like you said, throw some silver in there. Mm-hmm. See, you could have been an economist back in the early nobody talks about my amazing um economic I, skills <laughs> i mean undervalued undervalued if they ever were
1: undervalued all because mm-hmm. i can't
2: read don't i'm a snake <laughs> in the
1: grass <laughs>
2: don't count me out oh don't count me out no never never so at other times the U- the u.s relied on a mixture of gold and silver coins The use of gold for international settlements and during wars, printing paper currency not backed by precious metals. So the paper currency thing we were relying on in a time when, like, we just kind of had no other choice. And maybe we were using the things that we were using to value our currency for other wartime needs. For sure. For sure. I mean,
1: it's also like, man, if we're trying to build, like, a bunch of ships and stuff, we don't got time to go get the gold, Gold is heavy. Gold is not easy to to transport. We're not going to go to the vault and just put out bars and bars and bars of gold. Like, Take the money. I'm sure the gold will come from somewhere.
2: Relax. There's a war. There's a war. Take my dollar bill and just trust that it is a dollar bill. During the crucial months of November 1932 to March 1933, with Herbert Hoover still in the Oval Office, but FDR waiting in the wings... The run on the banks intensified, not because the banks were fundamentally unsound, but because depositors sought dollars to convert into gold before FDR could act as he ultimately did. So part of the run on the banks. So, yes, people are afraid in that, you know, so the stock market crashed. There's this time period where Herbert Hoover, Hubert, Hoover isn't really doing anything to right. stem the flood of people going bankrupt, the banks going under the great the start of the great depression and fdr is just waiting chomping at the bit to do what he thinks will help the nation um and so people are going to the banks to get their money because they're afraid it's not going to be there kind of like and it's a wonderful life they're going to george bailey because they think they, they they want their cash they think it's not safe at the bank but what this guy in uh who wrote the forbes article richard salzman what he's arguing is also that People were going to the bank to get their dollars out so that they could turn them in while gold was still at a high price before
0: Mm -hmm. Roosevelt
2: passed this act that basically said, you know, you can no longer own gold. We're going to confiscate your gold. So No more gold. No more gold. No more gold for you. So people were going to the bank to get their dollar bills. And it was a run on the U.S. dollar, a vote of no confidence, in FDR himself. But the private banks and depositors were made to suffer by it and unfairly shouldered the blame. So, again, he's saying that, like, FDR kind of made this problem himself. And I don't know how, I mean, that seems to be, like, his own opinion. And it's an opinion that I think is, interest, like, an interesting point of view. But also there's a reason why FDR did what he did. Like, he wasn't just, like, willy-nilly, like, I'm gonna... I'm going to fuck up the gold standard just because I want to. He, you know, like he had realized that there was a, a breaking point and it wasn't a stable system and that the U S had to divorce itself from the gold standard. And I guess what Salzman is arguing in this Forbes article is that people were mad at the banks. Like, why don't you have my money? Why don't you have my, I put money here. Like, where is it? To have the money. Right. And meanwhile, people, the banks are like, we had it, but now, you know, we ha- these people needed, you know, if it's tied to the gold standard and the gold, when you turn when you're trying to get, you know, dollars back and the standard is lower and you get more dollars, then of course you're not going to have as many dollars, right? So, and anyway. it's
1: a mess, it's, it's a mess, it's a hot dang mess. Yeah, this whole the whole bank's. Mm-hmm. At the banking system
2: at this time. It's a mess. So immediately after his inauguration in March 1933, Roosevelt set out to rebuild confidence in the nation's banking system. At the time, the Great Depression was crippling the U.S. economy. Many people were withdrawing their money from banks and keeping it at home, a la the infamous under the mattresses and in the toilet tanks. Sure. In response, the new president called a special session of Congress the day after the inauguration and declared a four-day banking holiday that shut down the banking system, including the Federal Reserve. So, yeah, like Lizzie said, it was a hot fucking mess. And FDR came in and was like, I'm shutting shit down. Like, Yeah, we're all taking a break. We're taking a break. Time out. Time Time out on the play. It's like, you know, when... 9-11 happened and they shut down the stock market. I think they did the same for some period of time when COVID started, right? Like, yeah, you know, like it's, it's pretty, like on the one hand, you're like, of course we can just shut this shit down. It's all run by humans. Like the only reason any of this is important is because people think it's important. And yes, if it was shut down forever, that could be, that would be disastrous in a lot of ways. But it's just funny to think that like, you can just stop it. I mean, FDR literally just put a break yeah. on the problem and let things yeah. settle for four days while he figured out <laughs> what to do.
1: I'm like, yeah. oh I my mean, God. he had to. It he was had just to. Like, oh, it's uh, amazing. That's honestly like what I would do. I'd be like, OK, can we all just stop talking okay. for four days? Yeah. Give me time to think mm-hmm. and then we'll have a plan. We'll have a plan. Because it's, ju- it's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's never been this bad before, ever in the history of ever in any country. So we got to take a couple days. And the fact really? that it's only four? Rather impressive. Amazing. Crazy. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
0: You can shop from anywhere, doing pretty much anything. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So this action, the banking holiday, was followed a few days later by the passage of the Emergency Banking Act, which intended to restore America's confidence in banks when they reopened. And just a little bit about this legislation, it provided for the reopening of banks as soon as examiners found them to be financially secure and was prepared by Treasury staff during Hoover's administration. So, like, they're also, so they're they're shutting the banks down using these four days to basically send out, like, Treasury staff people to look at all of these banks and be like, do you have the monies? Great. Do you have money?
1: You can't. Oh, you can't open if you don't have money.
2: If you don't have if money, you do have
1: money. You can open under these right.
2: rules. Right. Exactly. Which I just think is kind of crazy. I mean, there's like eight banks within a stone's throw of my apartment in Harlem. Like it would take so much time. You couldn't do that today. Right. So then, with the onset of the Great Depression and collapsing international trade, the gold situation facing the United States grew dire. So there's the whole like domestic situation, a la the Great Depression. But also because of that, and because of other things, international trade and the currency values between countries is wildly fluctuating. And sure,
1: when we go down, everybody
2: goes down. Everybody goes down, down with the ship. Large quantities of gold were flowing out from the vaults of the Federal Reserve Bank, both domestically and internationally this occurred because in a financial crisis most most people companies and governments prefer hard currency over bank deposits or paper which can suddenly lose their value so our international creditors were like we don't want your stinking pieces of paper we want your gold we don't want paper
0: we, we only want, paper, want gold we want gold which i and get i mean them? like i totally get it. it's
1: the same thing it's like how can you prove that you have assets if right. it's just something that it has worth because we've agreed upon it as opposed right. to a, a precious metal, if you will. Right. Right.
2: Which is funny to think about because that only really has value because we've also agreed that that has value. True. Like there's nothing inherent but it's about it. It's super heavy. So it's, it's su- got to be valuable. <laughs> and it's very, very shiny. You're right. You're right. So it's got to be valuable. Touche. It's, it's heavy. It's It's shiny. It's malleable. I learned that in fourth grade. Very malleable. Very malleable. So obviously, yes, an ounce is worth $1,400. I mean, like, how do you even arrive at that? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's th- this is what I find so not, not silly because it was a huge, dire crisis um, and lots of people suffered. But I'm also like, we're also just deciding what the value of gold is, too. Like, that doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's so funny to me. We're so silly humans. By March of 1933, when the Federal Reserve Bank of New York could no longer honor its commitment to convert currency to gold, President Franklin Roosevelt declared a national banking holiday. So that's then when the holiday uh, part of it came, and yeah, and then they started really looking at the gold standard. And Roosevelt was like, "I think we got to do something." I think I this. know what the problem is. What's the problem? The problem is the gold. Uh-huh. the gold.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about the act herself. Let's talk about the gold and what we did with her. The Gold Reserve Act of 1934 came later following a series of other attempts to stop the financial bleeding, including the bank holiday, suspension of international gold payments, and an increase in gold purchases by the Treasury. So they're like, we're doing everything we can they to make this work before arriving at this decision. Yeah. The Gold Reserve Act ended all private holding and use of gold as money. The government called in gold held by private hands and thereafter prohibited the Treasury from redeeming dollars for gold. So they're basically like, give me your gold. You mm-hmm. can't do anything with this gold anymore. This isn't currency. You, we don't agree
2: that this is currency
1: anymore. No. Nope. You have to agree that the dollars are currency now.
2: We're rescinding our gold belief. We now believe in paper bills.
1: Exactly right. It then authorized the president to establish the gold value of the dollar by proclamation. Wouldn't I just <laughs> I deserve it. One dollar is worth three ounces of gold. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this proclamation. Loud and clear. <laughs> oh
2: my god.
1: <laughs> like does not he have any something better to do than to proclaim the the worth of gold? I love that. <laughs> hear you, <ye>, hear you. <laughs> This signaled the end of the classic gold standard and the beginning of a long period in which the United States would be a principal arbiter of international money. So building upon more of how they had people turn in their gold and some fun facts and figures on that. So on April 5th, 1933, like we talked about, Roosevelt ordered all gold coins and gold certificates in denominations of more than a hundred be turned in for other money. This also required all persons to deliver all gold coin, gold, ooh, bullion? Bullion? What's bullion? I don't
2: know what that is because to me, bullion is like a chicken cube. Oh, right. So just a gold cube. Right? Some, a gold cube? <laughs>
1: Okay, gold bullion and gold certificates owned by them to the Federal Reserve by May 1. Okay, they only gave him a month to get all their gold. That's not a lot of time. hmm Yeah. And he set the price at $20.67 per ounce. So if you came, you brought your wagon full of all sorts of gold shapes and sizes, and every ounce you got $20. <laughs> $20.67 in return for it. So you could make, and this is in like dollars. Like paper money. You could exchange it for paper money. Yeah. By May 10th, so nine days after the deadline, the government had taken in 300 million of gold coin and 470 million of gold certificates. Two months later, a joint resolution of Congress abrogated the gold clauses in many public and private obligations that required the debtor to repay the creditor in gold dollars of the same weight and finesse as those
2: borrowed. That
1: what sentence what did I just say in that sentence?
2: I love I love this. The, it's, so what they're so what Congress basically did was actually stuck their hands in I mean public public obligations sure, but private obligations that said if you basically signed a contract that was based on gold value, so I'm going to borrow 10 dollars in gold coins Mm -hmm. or whatever you know from you lizzie and then i have to pay it back in the same way i have to give you back that same value and so basically what congress did was say that's not true anymore
1: (laughs) i mean it's messy but you gotta do what you gotta do it's like look you gotta
2: you You gotta gotta tell your losses somewhere yeah (laughs) obsessed of the same weight and fun and finesse, also like in the same because because the price of of the ounce was fluctuating, so you had so it's not even like you had to pay it in the same denomination because gold doesn't have a denomination. they were doing it by weight and I guess prettiness quality of the gold, quality of the gold, and so, yeah, in these contracts, it looks to be like you know that was how you had to repay it. A bar this weight with this minimal amount of scratching.
1: <laughs> Obsessed. I love it. It's Obsessed and Congress said AF. no
2: more. You don't have to do that anymore. No. You don't have to do it. In
1: 1934, the government's price of gold was increased to 35 per ounce, effectively increasing the gold on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet by 69%. This increase in assets allowed the Federal Reserve to further inflate the money supply. So they're raking in the dir. The gold yeah. dir.
2: I wanna do that. I say I one. wanna increase the value of my bank account by 69%. I would love that. Personally, that would be just fine. That sounds that sounds
1: great. Sounds lovely. And finally, FDR's gold confiscations in April 1933 and thereafter carried with it severe fines and jail terms for the non-compliant. Which, I mean, if you're in the Great Depression, it's 1933-34. You gotta get with the program or we're gonna throw your ass in jail. People are dying. Give me your gold. People are dying. I mean, I get why people would be resistant. Like, for sure. This was... Oh, yeah. A radical thing. Of all the things that FDR did and he did so much that was capital R radical, I think this is up there. By basically telling people you right. can't
2: keep your gold anymore. You have to give it to the government. Right. That's that's ballsy. It's ballsy. And also, like, I, you know, a reason I think why people, well, there's some legitimacy to, like, when conservatives are like the government's going to take your whatever the government's going to take your whatever sure because they have sure they have in the now could any of those people cite this law as evidence of their argument no but they have in the past taken things that belonged to private citizens or were part of private exchanges not public exchanges and so you know not that i'm saying that they're right but because for the greater good Totally. FDR disconnected the gold standard from the dollar. But I could see it being somebody in that time period. If you're like looking at like a small pile of gold and you're like, how am I supposed to give this up? This is the only thing that I have that I know is of value. And I'm just supposed to turn it over to the government. It's like Totally. What do you mean?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think you just have to remember in times of true crisis, the government will do anything yeah that's why it's there yeah yeah like that's that is the power that we the people have given it is
2: to yeah
1: make these decisions when people are starving and dying and i feel like we we rarely see it yielded in this type of way at least
2: in recent history well because now when we think about it, it's like, you know, there's a big hurricane and we want the federal government to come in and help help save all the people and get them supplies and resources. And it's like, yes, that is a job of the government to help its citizens, but helping its citizens can also be something like this, which is not maybe how you would think of helping, but it is doing just that and it's actually very forward thinking because it was like we got to nip this if this is already bad i mean could you imagine we talked about like having the gold standard right now well, how could you, it wouldn't it wouldn't work no
1: well yeah our society isn't built around the gold standard it's truly built around no. paper and now virtual money
2: yeah there i love the places that don't even take cash oh I'm so many like, cash is becoming obsolete obsolete so virtual money So some other lasting effects of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, in addition to the fact that Lizzie and I no longer carry cash, ending the gold standard was controversial, like we talked about. Nonetheless, economists ranging from Milton Friedman to Ben Bernanke to Christina Romer credit the New Deal's drastic monetary reforms with stabilizing the banking system, making American goods more competitive through devaluation of the dollar, and reflating the economy. So they're like, it was good. Well, it worked. It worked. Well done, FDR. After World War II, the U.S. dollar became the effective reserve currency for the world in place of gold. And most of the world's stock of gold would sit in the vaults of Fort Knox, Kentucky. Here's the other piece of this. Not only were we able to convince, like, citizens of the United States to give their gold over to the government, but also, like, all of these countries who they were just like, sure, we'll take your dollars and here's some gold. Sure. And it all came back. Like the fact that most of it's sitting in Fort Knox, Kentucky.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that just says, that just speaks to the status of the United States after World War
2: II, where we were,
1: I would assert, at our global peak of influence in the period shortly after that, because we had just come in and effectively helped win World War II in a major way. Yeah. And we weren't, because the war didn't happen on our shores, our country wasn't decimated. Like, like London was right, decimated. Right. Germany was decimated. Right. France was decimated. Like, the, the other world leaders were destroyed from the actual yeah. physical impact of war, and we weren't. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there was certainly a, a labor loss and, like, the, the lives lost, but... Industry kept happening. We really got out of that pretty good. We did. Things considered.
2: We did. Yeah. And still to to this day, like a lot of the international, like base currency is American dollars. I mean, like, yeah. But so all of the gold from around the country is sitting in Fort Knox, Kentucky. But pressure gradually built up from a huge outflow of dollars. And in the early 1970s, President Nixon ended domestic redemption of dollars for silver and international settlements in gold. So he was like, no more. Nixon ended that. The government held the $35 per ounce price that was set
1: back in 1934. 1934.
2: 1935, yeah. So the government held the $35 per ounce price that was set Back in the 30s, until August 15th, 1971, when President Richard Nixon announced that you, that the United States would no longer convert dollars to gold at a fixed value, crazy. Thus, completely abandoning the gold standard.
1: It's like give up the gold, forget it, forget yeah. it ever happened. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're, We're done. done. Say goodbye yeah. to gold.
2: Yeah. And now it's just something that you can be traded. There's no it fluctuates. So then in 1974, President Gerald Ford signed legislation that permitted Americans again to own gold bullion. So tiny pieces of gold. We can have gold
1: cubes again. I want have, a
0: gold, cube, have gold but...
2: cubes. I got to get some gold
0: cubes, I'm just man. Look up,
1: I know. How much is a gold, gold bullion? 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 If you know how that word is said, don't at us. <laughs> <laughs> Because bullion. you know what, it's not a it's not a comfy word. It doesn't roll off the tongue.
2: I mean, I, I I was looking it up, but now I'm just I'm being shown pictures of gold coins, and places to buy gold. And I will say this: it's expensive. Sure, gold is it's expensive. expensive. Yeah, gold bullion for sale. This is what I th- super pure medical. What is medical grade gold? Gold, like maybe for your teeth. Oh, yeah, oh, actually, because there I didn't put this note in there because it it was like not connected to anything, and it just seemed weird. but they there was like a a whole thing where some like dental place like the Cleveland Dental Medical, something something, went to the government and asked for gold, and the government gave it to them. But it was like a dentistry organization or office because mm. they wanted it for fillings, sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that used to yeah. be the thing.
1: That was yeah, what dentistry was for a while there. But I think oh, we moved on. Works. I don't think we do gold anymore. Or maybe no, I'm wrong. We do
2: not do gold, but
1: I don't. No. think gold is out of circulation for in for the dentists of this country.
2: Oh my god! Could you imagine people would just be getting robbed left and right? Sure. Well, that used. I mean, that was a thing. People mm-hmm. would
1: rob you and truly rip out your gold teeth because of yeah. the value. Crazy times we've lived through as this country and crazier times lie ahead. But gold I don't I mean I don't think we'll ever see a resurgence of anything related to a gold standard. I think it's all no. virtual crypto all of that is is what's to come for this country. However, if you do have a gold bar stashed away somewhere in your grandfather's, like, living room, let me know if you'll let me buy it for, like, $100. Yeah! Oh, my God. <laughs> so I can so I can have a block of gold. I know that that offer will go unheard, but you have to manifest these things. <laughs> but in the meantime, we love you guys so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.